0: Can you hear me? Dun, 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 dun. Can you even stop ignoring me for once? I was
1: always here, John. You just decided not to show up on the other end.
0: <laughs> oh, really? Okay. That was that was weird. Was that like your, your uh, East Bollockshire Robin Williams impression? I'm not good. quite sure what that was.
1: I think it was basically I just sat on the chair wrong. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, something like that. Anyway, anyway, John. Happy after holidays to you. How were your holidays? Were they splendiferous and amazing? Uh, they actually were.
0: I mean, truth be told, um, you know, I always like I always like Thanksgiving. Um, I'm especially more thankful. I think uh, when we when we forego the usual turkey and have duck, but our fractional listener doesn't care about what I ate. I don't think unless it's the fractional listeners, mean which case, yes, it was very good or a duck. Yeah, for the duck, it wasn't.
1: If if it's the livestock's turn to listen this week, then we can only apologise
0: for any offence called by John eating your relations. Oh my God! Now our our vegan or our animal rights activist fractional listeners are going to be all up on us. It was a tofu.
1: It was a tofu duck.
0: A duck-toe. That's right. Toe-duck-foo, toe, toe, duck-foo, duck food, or oh, I don't know.
1: Move on quickly, no, John. What have you been up to since then? Well,
0: you know, I, I, I've i been trying to, to you know, that we're in the last... Uh, you know, last, last whatever, I was going to say last mile, but something like that. Uh, we have quiet period. Our last release for the, for the year is, is what we submit this Thursday, unless there's some terrible emergency. You know, after that, you you can't, we can't, we, we, we can't. I don't know, I think even Apple, I can't remember when they stopped taking submissions, but there's a practical point where every year we just, we don't change everything, and that's fast upon us. And so traditionally... <laughs> I shouldn't say this but there there's kind of like there's there there is a almost a competition amongst engineers to see you know who can yeet into release the most surreptitiously meaning that you know you have to live with something for for until the next release which is not until you know you know early early January um <clears throat> and so in the in the ensuing couple of weeks there's you know either some people just are are completely off Others use the the quiet period for doing experimentation and so on and so forth. So the first release of, of of a new year is always fraught with a little bit of worry because you know you're just starting up the release engine again. Um, but I the thing I've been working on it's it's not ready for public release yet. But I really want people at the company to and with everybody on the project want us to to dog it to be well dog fed dog you know dogged. We want people to to use it. Um, and anyway, so and the easiest way for people on Apple to use it, you know, well, test flight, you know, notwithstanding is to be able to just get the damn app from the app store where people already have it, especially if you're trying to, you know, get people who are not complete nerds to be able to test something. So that's what I was really concerned on is just a couple of last minute bug fixes and and a, a kind of a last bit of a feature, um, so I kind of yesterday, I think that I, I did everything I could recently get in there that was balancing, you know, the need to get it in there with not, you know, putting as very little code as possible, you know, uh, a few changes as possible so that the the human QA engineers don't come and kill me. So that's how my week has been thus far um, post Thanksgiving. How about you, Scotty? I,
1: I just want to come out that first. It's like, yeah, it's this. I totally get it. There are peak periods, and we've uh, we have this discussion every year that this period now, Thanksgiving through to the New Year, is the like no-go area for Netflix because it's when you know everybody is using it. it is probably your peak peak period of everything, and so you don't do any more releases. But that sometimes that we're going to miss. Yeah, you know, what is it? It's, it's five weeks, so maybe you're missing what one or two releases that you would normally do. Um, yeah, but there's always that danger, then, isn't there? That oh, no, I can't put anything until New Year, so people try and squeeze stuff in now, and they maybe shouldn't be quite squeezing it in now because it's there, but they don't want to wait five more weeks. And I'm not saying this is how Netflix does. I'm just... And Netflix, you just said, has huge QA to try and trap this stuff anyway. But, yo, other development, you know, other, other and so there's sometimes this, oh, yes, we're not going to do releases for the benefit of our users, but the release that comes out just before that peak time is where everyone yep. is squeezed um. everything in. and It's the dang- most dangerous release of the year as well, type of thing. So, it's a bit of a catch-22, is the uh,
0: it, it, old saying would go. It is. I think that the thing that, that the only way that you can reasonably do it, you know, is either you do it and you just have a very small blast radius, because not a lot of people use your app, or, you know, you have incredibly good testing or, or you have you know very very confident separation saying that you know if this code if, if, if this this code can only possibly be executed if if this condition and that's not going to going to hit the general public um so it is always a balancing act um, there's
1: yeah, or John sure. you do what I th- I think you've covered probably 10% of the options there and the the other option that's available. That probably covers ninety percent of the releases. Is or you just cross your fingers and hope for the best. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It just, well, if if it compiles, you ship it. and do yeah, you. Go. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's it,
0: yeah. <laughs> not gonna lie, you know the 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 world of software engineering is does involve some levels of hope at, at various times, um, but I suppose it's not like any you know it's just like everything else. But Scotty. Um, I have something fun to talk about if you'd like to hear something fun. I'm always up for fun, John. We don't
1: get much fun here in East Pollockshire, so anything that you can you can bring sunshine into our life from the other side of the Atlantic is always welcome.
0: Okay, uh, so you may remember, uh, you know, uh, our friends from from. Um, and I'm going to freeze and forget how to pronounce their company names. Tyme. They're from Montpellier in the south of France. Uh, you know, and they're lovely, lovely people who I remember from. Many many millennia ago uh uh when we cooperated uh because they had a whole range of 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 uh you know photo related tools uh for the mac and we integrated memory Miner into the, you know uh their their software which would do motion graphics from from photos so it was a natural fit it was great um and uh I had a, a message from them. Uh, you know, the other day saying, hey, we have something a l- little bit new that uh, we think that you would like. And it was, you know, at first I give their names, Claudia and Mathieu. Um, and they're they're both lovely people. But, you know, so Claudia reaches out on LinkedIn saying, hey, we have something new. And, and I'd heard from them, you know, whatever, almost a year ago, last year when they were in San Francisco visiting and, and working with Apple on some of their professional photography tools. Um, and I think I remember talking about on the show and, and, and the, the main thing that they were using is basically harnessing the power of AI, you know, for, for desktop photo tools, which is a natural fit, you know, because you can have, you know, any type of, 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 of machine learning model to, to, you know, classify photos in, in ways that either humans can't do, certainly not in the speed, and in, in ways that humans can't do, but in, and in the same way, it can be kind of comically inaccurate sometimes, but even that can be fun. So, you know, they they had this tool that was just, you know, at the time that I was talking about which was a very professional tool, you know, for photographers, professional photographers who are who go off and they'll shoot, you know, hundreds and hundreds of sometimes thousands of pictures over the weekend for a wedding or a concert or whatever you can imagine and then they need you know the, the there's rather painstaking process to Cull through all that and, and get the very best one. So it's one of the more tedious parts of of, of being a professional photographer. Everybody thinks the the magic is just like you just show up and you get to be like a little paparazzo, but um, <clears throat> but then it's the after work that that is the the, the, the thing that's most susceptible to, to using machine learning in my mind. So now they've come back with this great you know tool called Find My Snap, and it's basically targeting your your photos app, you know, your, sorry your photos library on on your iPhone or i pad. And it basically processes the library and has a bunch of, you know, machine learning to go through the little photos and allows you to, to do searches beyond anything that Apple's currently letting you do. Apple's kind of only hinted at it. And it's really fun, I have to say. And there's a, there, there actually is a fair amount to talk about. Maybe one day we should actually invite them on, on the show, although I'd be embarrassed to tell them at how few fractional listeners we have. But the thing that I really like about it is it's always refreshing to see, you know, in India. In, in and, and I would I would classify them as indie. They're not a huge company, but they're they're a profitable, you know, well sustained, well running company. They've been doing it for for many years, so you know, and they, they're still going strong, um, which is lovely. But the, you know, to see a complete product where where you download the app. And in in many ways, it's it's a it's a kind of precarious situation, which speaks to me because they're basically saying we're going to do something with this asset, you know, this massive photo library that you have, and we see an opportunity that Apple's not. Know, responding to and that by now, you know, people who've had phones for a couple of years or since the very early days easily have tens of thousands of, of photos. And in reality, you know, there's there's tons of stuff that you're always – that you don't find and Apple's become very good with their memories tools and so on and so forth about surfacing things for kind of nostalgia purposes. And by the by, they've increased some of the abilities where you can do things like search for text or search for dates or kind of date areas. You can find photos from Christmas or whatever – um, and they even, you know, will will find things for, you know, searching for for dogs or cats and so on and so forth. Um, but as far as Apple goes with it, you know, they they, they only take it so far. And and what the, this. You know, this app, Find My Snap, does is it basically you know process it with many, many more dimensions and give you the ability to to search using so many different prompts. And what I found interesting about it is is the the first onboarding experience. But I should stop and pause and make sure you're still there and you care to hear about this. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, I'm I'm still here and I'm and I'm interested to hear because um, you yeah, know finding um, snaps or photos based on. You know, some search criteria you want to do is always an issue. Now, yeah, you know, we, we we've had this conversation many times before. You know, Apple's machine learning. You know, I'm, I, it's difficult to rate the quality of it because the problem with machine learning is, you know, the larger the the set of data it gets to work on, the better it's it's going to be. And because of Apple's privacy policies, which some will love and some will not, you know. It, most of us don't have libraries big enough to give machine learning meaningful data, um, you know. So hence, you know, I I use Google Photos as my backup. So basically, anything that goes into Apple Photos automatically gets put into Google Photos. Um, it's my second backup after iCloud. But equally, any time I'm going to search for a photo, I go to Google Photos because. Because Google uses everybody's photos to generate its its, its machine learning data, um, you know its searching is a lot better. So it, it's just interesting. I mean, you know, you know, I haven't heard what you're going to say about it, yet, but I'm just seeing now. You're saying like a wedding photographer who is uh, you know taking two thousand photos of a wedding every you know every weekend, forty weekends a year. You know, they're going to have you know large photo libraries for you know, where we're just working on them privately. And if it's an unlimited set, that basically everything is about, you know, weddings. And so there's always a cake, there's always a dress, there's always a whatever people have at weddings. you <laughs> uh, Yeah, I- interesting to, um, you know, firstly see how that works uh, from their point of view. But, you know, can that be translated? Does it translate to people like me who have, you know, smaller I mean, I have tens of thousands of photos, but that's still a small... Photo library in comparison to, to, to
0: anyone else. Anyway, carry on, John. The onboarding experience. Yeah. So, you know, here's the, you know, the, 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 first of all, let me say another couple of things. Like, using it, it produces some really fun results. I mean, basically, they, 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 they They've really cracked a nut here because there, it, it, you know, there can be moments when you're like, I really need to find that. I have have this all the time. Like I may meet up with somebody and I remember remember it's like, yeah, there's a photo of them or something that would be interesting to them. But if it's more than a few days back, it can be, it can be incredibly difficult to 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 find it, and you end up doing this like these twenty question things. Like, well, can you narrow it down to you know a year or a time or a place or so on and so forth? Um, and and there have been more than a few times if. If if I can, you know, uh, remember, is there some text that might be in the photo? It's probably one of the easiest ways now. And a lot of people don't know that you can do that. You can just search for the text that's found anywhere. And it it kind of almost doesn't matter how small it is. Um, So it, it has definitely gotten better. Um, but in this particular case, you know, you can search for things that you never would have imagined. They have really great prompts. I mean, some of them are very, very kind of artistic. We can say, like, you know, texture, black and white shapes, in which case you search through it, and you will find things that, that could appeal to you. The art director, you know, is like, I never knew that in my library some random thing I shot, you know, somewhere – that was graffiti on the wall or or in a bookshop or something like that would fit that and and that's kind of really good and that's kind of a, a thing where you can see yes the way a computer can see something is is a, are ways that a human wouldn't necessarily and that's really interesting but then you know you start just it, it you, you learn that you can kind of search through anything you can imagine and it will give you back some results and the results can be comically inaccurate so here's a very simple example I have this little gag I play you know with 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 Viola my wife and 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 our child and it's basically, you know, there was there was a, a, a movie from the '60s whose name is escaping me, but there was a Harold and Maude. There we go. And there was this ongoing gag that that Harold, this little kid who befriended the you know befriended this this older woman who who we later learns out is dying, you know, and he would pretend to to have died in the most gruesome death. So he would come home and she would find him and he would be like splayed out on the couch. And so I would adapt that thing. So when she was coming home, I would if I was reading or doing something doing nothing that I'd pretend to be dead and stick my tongue out right so there's like probably hundreds of photos in my photo library for that and so I I, I search you know tongue sticking out and it indeed finds that but it finds things that are absolutely not tongues and it, so you can say it's comically inaccurate but it was a delightful experience anyway because it basically it, it showed me some some photos and some things that I that I had that I had no recollection of, and it brought me real joy. It really did. And so that that was their kind of thing. It's like you, you could you think, don't really think about it as a, this is something that you have to do because you're a professional photographer and you need to do it. Do it because hiding on your phone or in plain sight are all these captured moments of, of your existence that, you know, that it can be a real joy to you. So that that was kind of the interesting first thing I wanted to say about. The second thing is the technical challenges that i imagine and and some of it is is pure imagination some of it is based on real experience you can kind of see knowing knowing if you've ever worked with with trying to to add metadata or or somehow you know add value to a a, a to a system that is managed by Apple. Apple gives you some APIs, but but they limit kind of some of the things that you can do, and, and it can put you into a fairly awkward position. And I, I'm kind of impressed on how they did it. Because in order for it to work, you have to grant you know, permission to your photos. You have to, as a as a product developer, you have to kind of lure people in saying, we're going to do something really interesting. And to be able to make it a viable product, you have to let people try it and then decide do they like it. So it's it's not an easy thing. So that's what I was really impressed with. So you install it, you get it for free, you know, and you grant it some per- permission and it will go look at you know, the first 2,000 of your photos. And, and that's enough to, to get a reasonable example. But, but and then, you know, from those 2,000, they will even allow you to, to they will still limit it, kind of some, some of the search results. And they'll put a little lock on it. So you find something and you say, like, wow, it really works. And you can see among the first search results, I can see, oh, I can get to it. I can, I can manipulate it. I can share it. I can do all those different things. That's great. And then you can unlock the other ones. So in terms of using in-app purchases and this whole concept of try before you buy, I think they They really nailed it, um, which is really good because it basically draws you in and it's a certain amount of investment uh, to be able to, to try a new product, especially one like this. Where I think that they have the big challenge is the fact that they're taking advantage of a data store that that they don't own and they're they're given API access to, but it, you can see like every time they launch the app, then at that point, they have to kind of figure out what's different, what's changed. There's the initial, you know, ingestion, which can take a while and they have to amuse you while they're doing it. And one thing, They did. I thought was very good is they use that initial kind of ingest time to be able to have some user education where it kind of explains the type of ways you can do it so that they, they walk you through it and to make it very personalized to you in the background, you notice subtly this kind of up, you know, this cascade upward. Of random photos from your library, just seeing that is kind of really interesting. So that they they took advantage of a problem that they had of like we've well, got to process your your library, and still made it delightful and personal to 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 you by putting your stuff in there. So I thought that was really clever. And then when it's all done, you know, you launch this app, and and really the kind of the only problem that I see so far with it right now is that you know. Apple's photo library is Apple's photo library. so if you think I'm going to deal with photos, you kind of are tending to go there. now I know that there are people who say, yeah I don't use Apple's things I use Google's for lots of different reasons like you said some people do hybrid and so on and so forth The overwhelming majority of people if they think photos on their phone, it's Apple's photos and you know Apple Apple's photos app uh, and so that's that can be the problem because you can go and search and find things with this and from there you can search you can you can you know you can find it you can take the result, you can share it to somebody. But the thing that you can't really do easily right now, at least that I don't see, is like let me see it in context with the other ones. In other words, show it in the in the Apple Photos library, which I think is technically technically possible to do. I can't remember, but you know, even if it is, therein lies the rub. It's like you're invited to play in this beautiful world that they've created using a source that they don't completely control, and they're kind of going against the grains of, of people's usage patterns. Now, for for people. People like me, that's not a problem at all. I understand it completely. But for the general public, that can be tricky. So in a way, it kind of it makes you feel like they, they've they given, you know, as as this product goes out into the market, and I hope they get lots of success. It's one reason I want to talk, talk about it and just help spread the word because it deserves to succeed. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Apple responds to this stuff. And maybe I'll chat with them and maybe one day we could have them on. But I don't want to talk you know, forever and ever about this, but I, I will add it to the show notes. You, people should really give it a try. It's, it's a fun thing to, to experiment with. Excellent. I look forward to taking a look. Scotty, so now that we've talked about, about, you know, photos and fun stuff, let's talk about uh, bank transactions. Oh, let's not. Uh, we could talk about it. We could talk.
1: It's, yeah, it's... Uh, dealing with other people's APIs is... Is always uh interesting um you know lots of a p i s are designed the same way they always seem to be awkward i'm I'm not sure if they're just designed the way they are because that's now the way it's done, and no one really ever questions whether it's the right way or just because there are good reasons to and I'm not an a p i designer so i'm you know i've I've produced some a p i s in the past yeah but it's it's always a little uh interesting and challenging to work with and um Yeah. Uh, Maybe I'll do a bit of a retrospective once I've uh, got a few more things together, but um, I'm just going to say right now it's fun. Uh, uh, Fun or not fun? Um, I will talk about one thing. I think I might have mentioned this before, um, but it was back when things were in beta, so obviously at the time I wasn't sure what it was, but right now, I mean, some of the code, I say this a lot of times, some of the code in Maniwar is very old. And Particularly the the NS table views that are used in the main transaction displays within within Moneywell, um are old NS cell based table views uh, which have been deprecated for I don't know a lot of years now and um, you know so they're not even they're not even view based um, so everything is in drawrex and being be done that way and you know. There's some pretty complex code in some of them because many of well does a pretty good job of, you know, you know and this is like from 10-year-old code, 12-year-old code, of if you resize the window, it, it reorganizes your transaction to put some things on multiple lines where it can, and then if you stretch it out, put it on single lines. And all that's being done, you know, not with um you know auto layout or with just you know, calculation code um which makes these things a bit of a nightmare because you know lots of code is lots of things to understand uh, and and whatever else so we we tend not to touch it <laughs> unless we have to um you know for good reasons uh but one of the problems we have um is. If uh, we now build our app with Xcode 15, all this code stops working initially. Um, the tables are always empty. Now, in, in, um, in well we have two types of uh, ways of viewing your transactions. We have what we call the compact view. Uh, which is where, there's a single line for each transaction, is you know, what you would maybe look at a spreadsheet type table, and then we have the unified view, which is this more complicated, nicely laid out thing. uh by default, it will go to whichever the last one you had was, um, and uh, if you if we simply build exactly the same code in Money One Fifteen, uh, Money One Fifteen Xcode Fifteen. Uh, to Xcode 14, then the tables stop working. So basically the, this unified view, it just it's just blank. Uh, yet interestingly, if you switch to the compact view and then back to the unified view, it then all displays. Um, so obviously there has been some change somewhere in something of the ways we're going to build about some sort of messaging that's happening that's causing things to redraw or draw or, or whatever else um, in there. And so right now, Um, We haven't found the problem. Uh, To be honest, right now, we've stuck our head in the sands and sort of half ignored the problem. The response is we will continue to build with Xcode 14 for the moment. (laughs) Um, But we know our time, you know, sometime next year, um, Apple will say, yeah, you've got to submit with Xcode 15 going forward. Um, And so we do need to fix it. But this does raise the question now that we have... um, a lot of NS cell-based code, a lot of draw code, uh, a lot of custom cells and custom things going on. And, um, you know, this could be a, you know, one day of finding something that's going wrong and, 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 and making a change and everything starts working again. Or this could be you sit there for three weeks and um, you still haven't found what the problem is um, because, you know, Nothing's changed. And the the reality is I have absolutely no idea what it is, which then puts you to the question, well, yeah, this is old code. Um, NS cell-based table views have been deprecated for a long time. I cannot see realistically Apple getting rid of them, but they could um, because deprecated means they can. Mm -hmm. Um, And so rather than fix the bug, do we just modernize our UI display that bit do we just isolate those table views and redo them um, and I think if they were very simple table views um, then we probably that would be an easy answer but this like thousand line of code or whatever it is NSL that does this layout stuff is um, um, you know it is maybe a bit of a stumbling block there so a bit of a conversation going on well are we better off modernizing uh, getting something that now works with at least view based NSL table views or maybe even goes jump all the way to swift ui and do that bit um yeah there um but except that maybe because of time constraints or how much time we want to invest in this right now that you know we lose maybe some of the way we lay things out and have to do something maybe not quite as nice in an area until later on when we can add to it or do we commit and go for it and say, well, actually, we could do this, but we could end up spending three months replacing things that the user won't even know have been replaced (laughs) Um, in there. So it's, uh, uh, yeah, I think, and what it it says in many ways to me is, I think, you know, it's made me realize that we should always be thinking about replacing small sections. If we had this regular thing of updating code when it when it, as fast as you can in places you can in small ways you know we're not going to end up in this position where this is now very old code no one's going to write code like this ever again because it's just not there um you know the reality is uh as much as we used to write lots of draw ret code and everything all over the place most of us don't write that code anymore and therefore the familiarity with that code is not it's great anymore um and the longer it goes on, the harder it's going to be to go back and work with that code again. So, you know, not. So, we firstly, there's the question of: do we spend time basically doing something that, as far as the user's concerned, nothing's changed, or possibly things are a little worse than they are right now? Initially, at least, yeah. You know, or do we just carry on with fighting in this old code and putting time into it and doing whatever else? So there we are. That's. Uh, I have no answer. Um, I, we did find a. Slack message in one of the Slack groups were on uh, of someone saying they had a similar problem uh, or, or a relatable problem, shall we say. It wasn't really very similar, but a relatable problem was something wasn't showing that used to show when they built with Xcode 15 um, and a, a solution that worked for them with one line. We tried that solution. It didn't work for us. <laughs> so It's obviously something something different. But there we are. So, uh, my week has been mainly saying, okay, um well, working with banking APIs which is, you know, one thing, doing some client stuff, which is another thing, but then trying to decide, do we just bite the biscuit, as they say, and rip all this old table view code out and start again? And it's a question we've asked a thousand times.
0: Well, I mean, I think Barky the Failure Dog, who is on your portion of the thing, there's nothing you can do It's unless Sam really wants to painstakingly remove Barky the Failure Dog over your audio track. And I think Barky... Sam, the, Sam,
1: has, Barky, Sam has Barky sampled, so on weeks when uh, Barky doesn't turn up, Sam can
0: make sure he still does. <laughs> and, you know, I am nothing if not, you know, a an interpreter of Barky the Failure Dog's missives. And I think what he's saying is... You fucking fossil. Don't don't just stop at getting rid of draw-rect crowd code. Fucking go all the way to Swift UI and be done with it. You cobalt
1: programmer. You're probably right. And I think the problem there is it's not because we're doing Swift... If this was just iOS, I think I would totally agree, but Swift UI on the Mac isn't quite is far forward as Swift UI on iOS. Equally, as a Mac app with users, we tend to support older versions of the OS than than um uh, you might do on iOS. So, you know, how good is the Swift UI support at the level we are currently supporting? Um and, and we can do some SwiftUI, UI. But equally, we also are also in situations where you can have you know tens of thousands of transactions um n s view along with core data and um uh, fetch request results result you know what I'm trying to say is pretty good at handling that whereas swift tends mm-hmm. to prefer to throw all the data in it at once, so is are we opening ourselves up for performance issues in there so part of me says. Uh, just replicate this stuff using NS view still, but move to view-based tables instead of cell-based tables, and use auto layout in the views, and do it that way because at least you know that's going to work, and no one's deprecated it, and it's you know it, the code is going to be closer to what you already have because you're just really changing the cells for views and um. Whereas SwiftUI, you could be having a whole can of worms mm-hmm. uh, uh, stuff. You don't know how it works. But at the same time, are you really going to put some time now into investing into an, what is now considered an old technology? <laughs> um, so, yeah. yeah. Um,
0: that is a difficult... So, I
1: agree with your sentiment on the whole, but I think there are some caveats there.
0: Indeed, indeed. Well, Barky, the failure dog, is nothing if not um, <laughs> subtle and nuanced <laughs> in his argumentation. That's,
1: that's uh, what I thought he was saying anyway,
0: yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Scotty, if, if people want to add to the chorus of, of suggestions about how you should run your life um, in general or, you know, deal with money well in particular, how might they uh, <laughs> bark into into your brain? Well, you can
1: find me on the new platform called Woof. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Woofer. <laughs> Woofer. <laughs> it, it's Y, formerly known as Woofer. Woofer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can get me on Mastodon where I am Scotty at uh, developer.social and if John, if people want to uh, uh, say to you, oh look at you showing off about how you know people in the south of France, you international jet
0: setter, you, where should they do that? Uh, you should do it in the place where all international jet setters hang, hang out and that's of course uh, on Mastodon where I'm djembe, D-J-E-M-B-E like the West African drum djembe at mastodon.social social. Or you can find me on the uh, the the euro hostile platform uh, threads and that's a discussion for another day where I'm merely John Fox.
1: Excellent. Well, John, I'm I'm glad that uh, you had a. Um... Uh, good thanksgiving um, we're thankful for all the ducks that survived your thanksgiving and uh, we're thankful for your contribution this week and we are just as thankful in fact we are even more thankful we are we are beyond thankful uh to our listener this week uh, whoever you are i hope you have not felt too tormented and thanks for listening and
0: until next time you take care <laughs>